Welcome to this week's edition of Tversky Torah. Each week we present a translation of the weekly publication Yiram Hayom, which features Divrei Torah from Rabbi Michal Tversky, so the English-speaking public can enjoy the rabbi's explanation of the Parsha. You can obtain the original Hebrew edition by sending email to yiramhayam at gmail.com. That's Y-I-R-A-M-H-A-Y-A-M at gmail.com. This week's publication is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas Eliyahu Ben Reb David. Rabbi, Rabbi explains the Pasuk, Vayivoser Yaakov Levadoi, that Yaakov remained alone, Vayayovek Ish Imoi, and a man wrestled with him until the dawn arose. Now, although most of the Mephorshim explain that when Yaakov was alone, the guardian angel of Esau came to fight with him, and as the Pasuk in Tehillim says, Hashem Hashem did not forsake Yaakov in the hands of the guardian angel of Esau. This is a symbol of the war that a man has with the Yetzirah, with the Satan. It's the war between the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah. And would it not be for Hashem helping a person, he would not be able to beat the Yetzirah. With all this, it would appear something's concealed here. Also, another matter that we can use to teach us how to serve Hashem in our generation. The rabbi continues and quotes the Gemara from Chulin. It's also a medrash in Shir Hashirim. It's in Chulin 91a. You can see Shir Hashirim Rabbah, section 3. The medrash says, Some say that the appearance of this angel of Esau, he appeared like a Tamad Chacham, like a Torah scholar. Another opinion is he appeared like an idol worshiper. That's the medrash. The rabbi says that both of these would appear to be correct, and they're talking about the same thing. So it would seem that the war that Yaakov Avinu had with the man is an image of the war that a man has within himself regarding how he sees himself and who he considers himself truly to be. There are people that they feel a great holiness and an elevation of their neshama, and they have a passion, and they're moving close to Hashem, and the aspect of rutzoi, running towards Hashem, to connect with Hashem, with all their abilities. And while this is going on, the Jew feels this pull towards Hashem, and it's sweeter than honey, sweeter than honeycombs. As the Pasuk in Tehillim says, Mesukumi devash sufim, and his heart burns with the passion, with a great love for Hashem. And when a person finds himself in this feeling of rutzoi, of moving towards Hashem, he thinks that this is his true essence. This is the source of his being. However, while he's climbing this peak in this, to, the, to reach the sweetness, he hears the sound of failure. It's the sound of a voice that lies to him and says, No, you're a dreamer. This is just vanity and nothingness, and etc., etc., basic idea is that this this voice voice comes to bring him down and make him feel that all the things that he's actually feeling are not real and it's they're telling him the they're revealing the secret to him that he's just a, a person who does avers all all the time he's a disgusting person at the very least he's just pursuing his earthly pleasures like an animal and this is his true essence he's really just a physical being so you have to say that this is what Chazal meant when they say he appears, the Sar Shal Esau, the, the angel of Esau appeared like a Tamad Chacham, or he appears like an idol worshiper. 
Meaning to say that when Yaakov Avinu was by himself and he began to think of, and determine who is he, who is he really inside, and he wrestled with himself about the, the definition of Ish, of what is a man, what is his own concept of his own essence. And these two sides came at each other, these two voices. One says, you should put your head on me, Tzaddik, right? To borrow from the Pusik from last week's Parsha. And the other says, you put your head on me. Each side is pulling him to say, you are physical. No, you are spiritual. So it comes out that the, this war of Yaakov Avinu was a simon for every Jew, that we should know that in the future, every day in our, of our lives, there could be an uncertainty about what our true will is, and we have to decide what our true essence is. From one point of view, each person feels those times when his spirit is elevated and he's burning with a passion to serve Hashem, and a great love is felt within him. From the other point of view, we have to admit to the voice that tries to make us feel guilty and says that we're worthless. And he brings these examples to prove that it's that way, how we are physical and we pursue our base desires. And if that's the case, who who are we really? Are we the Tamid Chachamim? Are we the Torah scholars? Or are we the idol worshippers? So it would appear that both of these voices are true. That we see ourselves sometimes like a Talmud Chacham, like a Torah scholar, and sometimes we see ourselves as an idol worshipper. But we have to understand that even though both of these voices have a support to prove their points, nevertheless, only one of them is the true essence. The other one is truth only occasionally. Meaning that the true essence of each Jew is that he has an neshama that's taken from the Kisei HaKavah, from the Holy Throne of Hashem, and as the Pasuk in Kohela says, that the highest of the high waits for us, that in the future even the Malachim, even the angels, will ask regarding the Neshamas of the Jews, what is Hashem doing? Meaning even the angels won't be able to understand what the relationship is between our Neshamas and Hashem. And this Neshama is the is the source and the essence of our of our image and who we truly are. And as the Pusik says in Devarim 14.1, You are children to Hashem, your Almighty. That each one of us within us beats a portion of of Hashem Himself from above, and that's our true foundation. So the response to this question of who am I truly, the answer is I am a child of God from my conception. My neshama is holy and it's taken from above, from the, the wings of the Shekhinah. And if sometimes it's hard for me and there's a second voice that's going to speak the truth and say that I've done things in the past, we'll answer this, this claim and say, yes, it's true that I've stumbled and I've done wickedness in the eyes of Hashem. However, this wickedness is only temporary. It only happens occasionally. It only represents what's on the outside and not the essence. As we know from many of the Holy Sfarim that the part of the Neshama that is referred to as Yechida, that's the part that evil can never reach. And although we say every sin has an effect on the Neshama, it's only on the outer layers of the Neshama, not the essence, not the Pintalayid. As the Medrash in Bereshis Rabbah, section 65, chapter 15, explains, Reb Levi said a mushal, he said a parable, for a person with long hair and a bald person, they were standing on the edge of the threshing area, and some of the chaff from the wheat got caught up in the hair 
of the person with the long hair. And then some of the chaff went up on the top of the head of the bald person. And all he did was just wipe that chaff off and it was like it was never there. But the person with the long hair, it was twisted and snarled inside of his hair. Similarly, Asov, the wicked Asov, becomes dirty with Averis all year long. And he has nothing to atone for him. Yaakov might become dirty with Averis during the year, but then Yom Kippur comes, and that is what atones for him. As the Pesach says in Vayikra 16, Pesach 30, Ki bayom yechaper. It is on this day that you will be atoned. Because Esav, as the Pesach says, is Esav achi ish seyar. Esav has the long hair. His entire essence is about the external, about the hair, about the layers from the outside. The Yaakov Ishchalak. Yaakov was literally translated as smooth. He was not as hairy. But the rabbi explains that the essence of Yaakov is his neshama, which is a chalak. Same letters as chalak. The rabbi is explaining it as chalak. He is a portion. His essence is a portion of Hashem from within. And therefore, the effect of the Tumah, of the Avera, does not go into his essence. It, it's easily wiped away on the holy day of Yom Kippur, when he returns to his source. So when we complete this battle of Ve'yavek Ish Imoi, that the, the man wrestled with him, that means we're wrestling with what our own essence is, and we want to know who we truly are. And we might ask ourselves, what is your name? Like the angel asked Yaakov. And unfortunately, most of the time, we might answer that our name is Yaakov, which is the, the lower form, the lower version. However, the Pusik is announcing to us that this is not the right answer. And the angel says to Yaakov, Lo Yaakov oid shimcha. Well, no longer will your name be called Yaakov. Ki im Yisrael. Your name will be Yisrael. And it's Davka, it's got to be Yisrael, which is the same letters to spell the words Li Roish. I have a source. I have a beginning. You have a source. You have a beginning. You have an essence in your neshama that comes from something completely pure. And that's the true essence of who you are. And that's your true name. And only when we crown ourselves with the crown of Yisrael and we accept upon ourselves to live in that elevated way with our neshamas, to know and to remember constantly that we have the ability to rise above all of our evil inclinations and to win the war against evil that's in our midst. Then we will come to the represent the idea in the Pasuk Vayisu Yaakov Raglov that in the in our parsha here in twenty nine one Yaakov raised up his feet, meaning we lifted up the lower parts of ourselves. We raised ourselves up from our lowliness, even those lowly matters that we might get trapped in, like the second voice might have told us. And in light of all this, it should be the will of Hashem that we all should merit to what Rashi refers to here in this parsha. It should be easy for us to go, that we should live in the realm of Li Reish. I have a beginning, I have a source, and we will complete the purpose of our Nishamas.